There's excitement whenever this man speaks. He describes his work as an exhilarating experience, like reading the world's most incredible literature classic that no one else has ever read before, and getting to write the first critical review. One article calls Dr. Francis Collins the general of the genome. He directed an international team of genetics researchers in a massive $3 billion project. They studied the complete genetic structure of the human body, researching the ways our genes are structured and how they affect our health. Now, Collins and his colleagues are beginning to use their new knowledge to cure diseases that had previously been incurable. No wonder he's excited. The official name of our program is Truth in the Test Tube. We sometimes call it, by the shorthand version, T-cubed. But by either name, we hope you'll find these next few minutes interesting and informative. Dr. Francis Collins' boss said the Human Genome Project is probably the only achievement of this decade that will be remembered a thousand years from now. The information that the project discovered is already being applied to maintain health and prevent disease. In July 2009, President Obama appointed Dr. Collins to an even higher position. He is now Director of America's National Institutes of Health, 23 different institutes and bureaus that deal with various aspects of human health. Dr. Collins asked us to clarify that the statements we're quoting today are not official positions of the government of the United States of America. They're his personal opinions and interpretations based on his extensive research and analysis of the human genome. Isn't the genome some kind of combination of genes? Yes, it's the complete set of 23 chromosome pairs that we inherited from our parents. The human genome contains all the information that an embryo needs to develop into an adult human. Isn't the genetic code similar to the zeros and ones that make up computer code? Yes, but instead of noughts and ones, the genome stores its information by a series of bases which are abbreviated A, C, G and T. How much genetic information is in the human body? An amazing amount. Dr. Collins illustrates, you can think of the human genome as a book, a very large book, which, if you printed it out and piled the pages on top of each other, would be as high as the Washington Monument. How tall is that monument? 169 metres tall. Each page would be a printout full of the A's, C's, G's and T's that comprise our genetic structure. So the 169 metre high stack of printout would contain 1.7 million pages. That's a lot of genetic information. Yes, and he illustrates the size another way. If we could read one letter every second, 24 hours a day without stopping, we would be reading for 31 years. One letter per second for 31 years? Yes, and, and that much information is in each cell of our bodies. Dr Collins adds... You find this incredibly elegant molecule, a hereditary material, in all living things. Wasn't the first director of the Human Genome Project a Nobel Prize winner? If I remember correctly, Dr James Watson shared a 1962 Nobel Prize for co-discovering the double helix structure of DNA. That's right. Nearly three decades later, 
Watson became the first director of the Human Genome Project, with the goal of learning everything about the genetic structure of the human body. And when Watson retired in 1993, Dr. Francis Collins became the project's director. He coordinated hundreds of researchers in China, France, Germany, Great Britain, Japan, and the United States of America. And more recently, he directed the Human Genome Research Institute, attempting to apply the new information to help prevent and cure various diseases. And in July 2009, President Obama appointed him as director of the National Institutes of Health. An even higher position. Yes. How many diseases are affected by our genes? Dr. Collins says our genes are involved in every disease in one way or another. He explains some of them are like cystic fibrosis that have a very strong genetic contribution. Others are like adult-onset diabetes where there's a mix of genes and environment that contributes to the risk of illness. And even infectious diseases like AIDS have host factors encoded by genes that determine the likelihood of becoming ill after an exposure to an infectious agent. So it's very much a mix of genes and environment, even in that circumstance. So what have we learned from years of research and $3 billion of investment? A lot. One thing we learned is how few genes the human body contains. Dr. Collins says, we always thought we would have 100,000 or more. And instead, it turns out, we have only 22,000. This is a shockingly small number of instructions to be able to carry out all of the biological functions that human beings have to do. But it works. So our awe at the complexity of the system, I think, is increased by this, not decreased. We've also learned interesting things about what part of the genome is doing what. There's an awful lot of stuff in there that's extremely important that we're just beginning to learn about. What will researchers do next? He answers, certainly for me as a physician, the idea of applying this to medicine is the strongest mandate and we would like to get on with that. Having overseen the project for 12 years, I have to tell you, this is the best part now. We have this foundation and we can start to build on it and apply that for medical benefit. How soon will these discoveries help to cure patients? Well, it's already starting to happen. This type of research has already been utilised to identify a very powerful genetic contribution to a disease that most people didn't think had much heredity involved. Age-related macular degeneration, the most common cause of blindness in the elderly. Dr. Collins anticipates that researchers will identify the genes for diabetes, heart disease, cancer, hypertension and other diseases in the next two or three years. And as a result, if you want to know what your risk is for those common conditions, it will be possible in five or six years to offer you that opportunity. If we know our risk, we can plan our own programme of prevention. And we'll be able to do that in a fashion that's individualised, that focuses on your specific risks. And that will be a major improvement over what we currently do, which is to tell everybody to do the same thing. Why isn't it good to tell everyone to have the same tests? Dr Collins answered with an example that's already working. In his words, there's a family where several individuals have had colon cancer at early ages in their 40s and 50s. This family came in for counselling to find out who else was at risk. 
a specific DNA test was done, and doctors found three people in this family who are currently healthy, but who have about 60% chance of developing colon cancer if nothing's done about it. These high-risk people need to have a colonoscopy starting at age 35 instead of at age 50. And they need to have it every year, not every five years. By finding those small polyps while they're still easy to remove, they will never develop a fatal form of colon cancer. When two people have the same sickness and the doctor prescribes the same medicine for both, the medicine works well for one person but not for the other. Is genome research likely to solve that problem? Dr Collins thinks so. He talks about developing an individualised drug therapy. He said that when a medical doctor prescribes a medicine, it doesn't always turn out well. The same medication that cures one patient produces no response in another person. And some people get toxic side effects from it. Why is that? A lot of the reason is heredity. Differences in DNA sequences that determine whether that drug is going to work at that dose or not. The United States Food and Drug Administration recently approved the first DNA chip that enables a physician to determine whether a particular patient is a rapid metabolizer or an ultra-rapid or a poor metabolizer of a particular medication. A rapid metabolizer would probably need a smaller dose of medication than a slow metabolizer. Yes, this is still in the exploratory stage and even Dr Collins isn't sure yet how it will work in practice. But it is starting us down a pathway. And he says, so don't be surprised if at some time in the not too distant future you need a drug for some purpose and the doc says before we prescribe this, let's check your DNA and see if this is the right drug and the right dose. There's a great deal of promise here that I believe will ultimately work out but it's not right round the corner. It sounds as if Dr Francis Collins is really a pioneer of new medical discoveries that can save many lives. Definitely. And on our next programme, we'll talk about some of the ways his Christian beliefs affect his research and its applications, including some precautions we need to take in order to make sure that we don't misuse these innovative new developments. Thank you for listening to Truth in the Test Tube. Now it's your turn to talk back to us with comments, questions, and suggestions. We have two different email addresses depending upon where you live. For most of the world, it's truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. That's truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. If you live in India, please use testtube at radio882.com. I repeat, testtube at radio882.com. Be sure to join us again soon here on Truth in the Test Tube.